I want to uh, show you this video. It's uh, called Hiding Baby Jesus. All of us feel like this dad sometimes, don't we? Thanksgiving is over, and then what is it? It's just mad dash, rush, 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 till Christmas, you know? Going 190 miles an hour, full speed ahead to Christmas. Do you, do you have your own traditions? Anybody? You got traditions? Yeah? You do some things? Uh... Think about those traditions for a moment. How special are they? What about Christmas music? <laughs> you know, after Christmas, my girls, for whatever reason, sing Christmas songs for the next two months after Christmas is over. And so a few years ago, I made a rule because every time it was like Maley was singing Christmas, whatever she had learned. Because, you know, in school, they teach them these Christmas songs. And in preschool, it was really bad because they taught them everything, you know. And so that's all they do is they sing Christmas songs after school gets out, through Christmas, on into January, on into February, because that's the song that's on the run. So finally one year I said, okay, no Christmas songs until Christmas. <laughs> you know, once Christmas is over, we put the tree up, everything's gone, no more Christmas music, you know. So that's one of the traditions that we have. No Christmas music. Uh, until Christmas time, so so we have made that. You know what? Has anybody heard Christmas music yet in the stores? Have you? Yes. Uh, Hobby Lobby. I heard Christmas music in July. I promise you. I'm going in there, and I and I we were walking around looking at stuff, and I you know of course Hobby Lobby starts putting out the decorations as soon as Memorial Day is over. I mean, you know, Christmas decorations are everywhere in Hobby Lobby. You're thinking. Can we get through the summer, please, you know? And, and But I'm walking through Hobby Lobby, and I'm going, is that really what I think it is? You got to be kidding me. It's July, you know? Why is there Christmas music? But it, it just, it just, you know, there's those traditions that we have, and we share them from generation to generation. And now if you did what I did, and I'm watching this, this video, when I first saw this video, and I started thinking, that is a cool idea, <laughs> you know? Now, hmm, where could I hide? And I've, I've started thinking this already. Where could I hide baby Jesus? And I, I told Kelly about it, and so just a few moments she said, hey, we don't have a good uh, nativity scene. I said, we'll get one, you know? I said, I got to do this. This will be the coolest thing. But I want to hide baby Jesus. I want there to be a focal point on baby Jesus during Christmas, amen? You st uh, I, I wake up. On Christmas, and I, I always try to remember to tell Jesus on Christmas morning, happy birthday. We tell each other happy birthday on their birthday, right? So why don't we, and you say, well, that if, if you get all, you know, analytical and correct and all, you know, Jesus actually wasn't born on December 25th. How do we know? Just because people tell us? We don't know. All we know is we celebrate that, and that's the day that we know that he was born on. And so I'm going to tell him happy birthday on that day. So I think that's something important. And you know, the dad in this video, he understands Advent. 
He does. He truly understands <coughs> Excuse me, Advent. He might not realize that he does, but that's what he's doing. Advent means arrival. Did you know that? Advent means arrival. This season is all about getting ready for the arrival of Jesus. That's what it's about. It's what Christmas is about. The arrival of the Christ child that had come into this world. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 2. I'm going to begin reading at verse 8, and I want to read through verse 16. And as I read this, I want you to notice the clues that God gave the shepherds on where to find Jesus. Can you imagine? This was the greatest treasure hunt in history, right? The most greatest treasure hunt ever. Now, we've heard of people like, uh, you know, the Spanish explorers that came to the New World and searched for treasure, you know, and searched for a, a new land and searched for all these things. But that wasn't any treasure hunt compared to what the shepherds had. And let's look at it. Luke chapter 2, we're going to read verses 8 through 16. It says, Now, there were in the same country. Oh, I, ha I do have PowerPoint. says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Did you catch the clues? Look at verses 10 and through 12 again. It says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord and this will be the sign to you what you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger man what a timely treasure hunt leading to the greatest gift that would ever be discovered, let alone given. You know, Columbus had nothing on the shepherds, right? In those memorable verses from the Christmas story, God the Father made the arrangements for the gift of His one and only Son to be found by those who would seek Him. 
So after the shepherds got this message, can you just imagine their expectancy levels? Here they are out in this field, minding their own business. They're out there attending their sheep, and they're thinking, man, it's just another ordinary day at the office. Maybe they're sitting there talking about type of wolves. I, I don't know. I'm not a sheep farmer. <laughs> Whatever sheep farmers would talk about. Oh, yeah, well, I can get, you know, over at this place, I can get 80 cents for a, a bushel of fur, wool. You know, I don't know. I have no idea how you weigh wool. For every sheep that's sheared, I can get, you know, maybe I don't know what their conversations were. But here they are, they're out in the fields, and they're talking, and they're hanging out, and then all of a sudden, here come this bright light, and this angel appears to them. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm hitting the panic button when I see angels. I'm thinking, Jesus, am I coming to see you? I mean, I don't know about you, I would. But here they are, they're in the field, and they're looking up, and they see this angel in all glory, and, and they're sitting there, and, they, and I'm sure they're, you know, whoa, bright light, you know. And they start talking to one another. Man, what's going on here? And then the angel spoke. <laughs> Here's what you're going to do. Here's your treasure map. You're going to go to the city of Bethlehem. You're going to go to this barn. And you're going to find this little baby. He's lying in a manger. And this is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. It's the Son of God. And he is the Savior to this world. He's going to bring hope. And he's going to bring peace. Now, if I got that message, I don't care if it's from an angel or what, I'm thinking, man, my expectancy of seeing who this is has just risen. You know what I mean? I'm ready to go find this baby. What is so special about this baby? I've seen babies born. I've seen babies, you know, uh, perform, uh, come into this world. I'm sure the shepherds were thinking, maybe even some of them even helped deliver a baby. I don't know. But they're thinking, what's so special about this baby? He's the savior of the world, really? So their expectancy levels have risen, and they're saying, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go find this baby. Look at what verse 16 says, and this is in the New English translation, but it says it this way. So they hurried off and located Mary and Joseph and found the baby lying in a manger. Don't you think their expectancies levels? This right there is proof of it. They hurried off. So they went to go find Mary and Joseph. You know, God never lead, leads those that he loves on a wild goose chase. Amen? God never just sends us off on a wild goose chase. He loves us too much. He cares for us. God desires for his followers to seek, find, and experience the full measure of his good and perfect gifts. And here he is, he sent his son, Jesus, the most perfect gift that the world has ever seen. And he sent him to earth, earth for us. He's not going to send us on a wild goose chase to find him. If we seek, he says, we will find, right? James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. James uses the phrase Father of lights here to describe God. 
That phrase, it's an ancient Jewish term referring to God and describing him for his unique creative ability to design the heavens, the stars, the sun, and the moon that shine and reflect his creative beauty in the sky. We can tie this Father of Light's description to the good gift of light that our Heavenly Father gave on day one of creation found in Jesus. He said, let there be light, and there was light. This act of giving good gifts is part of the nature and character of our Heavenly Father. God wants to give us good gifts. God wants to give us the light, Jesus Christ. The picture is how Jesus helped people understand who God is. God is a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids. Amen? I said God is a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids. We are his kids. We get to receive those good gifts. We see the descriptions of God giving good gifts by Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11. It says, Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, talking about us, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Amen? If we, who are full of sin, we're sinners saved by grace, amen? We are all sinners. If we know how to give our kids good gifts, not anybody in here would give your kids a, uh, a uh, something terrible. I don't know. Couldn't think of anything. Pick it, right? <laughs> how many of you go give them a scorpion if they ask for a, a snail? Yeah, you say that's a terrible comment. Yeah, you're right, it's terrible. But you understand what I'm saying. Snails are nice. They're not going to hurt them, right? A scorpion's going to bite them. We're going to give good gifts. I'd say snake, but so you say, yeah, I'd give my kid a snake, yeah. I don't want a snake. Keep them away from me. I don't have anything to do with them. They're slimy. They're sleazy. I don't, I don't like them. Don't want them. God should have got rid of them in the Garden of Eden, if you ask me. But that was his choice, so, you know. <laughs> also we see God's greatest gift given to us in John chapter 3 verses 16 through 21 it says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life all of us know this verse but let's read on verse 17 says for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he also believes in he, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. The nature and character 
of the Father of light is that he is a giver of good gifts. He gave us the perfect gift that came down from his hand. He gave his one and only son, Jesus, who was born of a virgin in a manger in Bethlehem as the Savior of the whole world. That is the good news that, he, that we are instructed to tell that Jesus Christ has been born. Amen? We are to tell that. He has been born in the manger in Bethlehem, but he longs to be born in the hearts and lives of each and every person in this world that God loves. Amen? He is to be born in our hearts and in our lives. We are to share the good news that Jesus Christ is Lord. Remember what we talked about, Luke chapter 2, verse 10, that verse. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be, and look at that last phrase, to all people. The angel didn't say to just some people. The angel didn't say, oh, just to you few shepherds, it's going to be for just you. Y'all can go and enjoy this moment. No, the angels told them, to all people. From generation to generation to generation. Now here we are several, several years later. We have been hearing about the good news of Jesus Christ. We have been hearing about how Jesus has come to this earth so that we could have eternal life. There's a, a story, a woman who was, her name was Charlotte. And this is a true story. She ran a Christian uh, preschool. And for this preschool, she bought a plush Jesus toy. You know, it's stuffed. And he was happy and smiling, and he was all squishy. But he was a cuddly toy, just like any cuddly toy should be. Now, some of the parents of this preschool objected, and they thought that it was inappropriate. But Charlotte, she didn't hesitate. She knew the question that she needed to ask. And so she asked the parents this question. She said, which Jesus do you want your kids to know? The breakable Jesus on the high shelf who's always looking down on them? Or the Jesus who's huggable and sits with them on the comfy couch? The one they can talk to? The one that comforts them when they're hurt? The one they tell all their secrets. Think about it for a moment. My question to you this morning is which Jesus are we actually expecting at Advent? The Jesus who plays games with us and brings us life or the one who sits on the shelf until it's time to go back in the box? The Savior of the whole world also is known as the light of the world. Jesus referred to him this way in John chapter 8, verse 12. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus, the light of the world. He came into the world to drive out the darkness. Let the light of Jesus Christ, the Savior and Messiah of the whole world come into this dark place and provide not only light, but also hope, love, joy, and peace because of His advent.
because of his arrival. So how can a person come back home to God the Father when they may be feeling far away from Him or or like they're living in a dark place in their life? Well, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13 says this. It says, And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. He doesn't say, If you'll just take a little piece of your heart and look for me. No, he says, If you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. Everything. When Jeremiah wrote these words, it was nearly 600 years before the birth of Christ in Bethlehem. Now, the people of God at that time were living in a foreign land after they had been defeated by their enemies. They were uprooted from their homes and familiar surroundings and made to live in land that felt oppressive, lonely, and dark. And even though they felt abandoned and far away from God in a dark place in their story, God sends them Jeremiah with this good news to these people. And if you've ever read the book of Jeremiah... Let me tell you something, I feel like it's one of the most depressing books in the Bible. But, there's this light, this one part that seems to shine throughout the entire book. Why? Because we see all the woes and we hear all the bad that's going on with the Israelites. But then God speaks to Jeremiah and he says, tell my people this. And this is this part that he tells them. And just a few moments before that verse that we just read is verse 11. It's a very familiar passage that we all know. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think of towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Those words that Jeremiah spoke from God to his people were a gift filled with great expectancy that brought great hope to his people who needed such a good gift in that season of life. The promise of a great future and a hope was a gift of expectancy from the hand of God. Jeremiah, in the midst of all the chaos and all the turmoil that was taking place, God says, speak this to my people. Tell them there's a hope and a future if they will seek me with all their heart. If they will seek me with all their heart, if they go looking for me with everything they've got, if they go on a great treasure hunt to find the greatest treasure of all time. Amen? But Jeremiah is not the only one in the Bible talking about seeking God. You know who else does? Jesus. Jesus, the Savior of the world, comes on the scene. And in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8, it says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. The gift of expectancy with hope is given to those who will seek God with all their heart. Such a gift, and I want you to listen to this, such a gift comes with the expectancy and hope of moving from a dark place into a place of light found in Christ. You want to find the light? It's only found in Jesus Christ, the light of the world, the one that came to this world to shine his light in darkness. Maybe this Christmas... 
And I know this seems a bit early. Some of you may think, boy, Pastor, you're starting your Christmas series really early. I wanted you, I started thinking about this, and I was like, what better time than to start thinking about Christmas but a month before it actually gets here? Because by the time it gets here, we're so wrapped up and so caught up in the busyness and, and all the chaos that takes place during the Christmas season and getting the perfect gift for our kids and for our family members and, and figuring out where we're going to go for Christmas and figuring out what we're going to do and whose house we're going to be at and, and all these things that take place that why not start now preparing for the greatest season of the year, Christmas time when we celebrate bringing in the light of the world, the arrival, the advent of the arrival of Jesus Christ. Start now seeking Him. Start now knowing that He has come. And so maybe this Christmas we could follow in the creative footsteps that Eddie displayed in the video and hide baby Jesus Hide him in a way that causes us to lead our families to seek him this Christmas season. Jesus does not want to stay wrapped up as the baby in the manger. He wants to be found by each one of us and unwrapped in a fresh way this Christmas. Are we willing to see it differently this season? Are we willing to seek Jesus with joy instead of obligation? If you seek Him with all your heart, you will find Him. Will you seek Him this Christmas season with an expectancy? And if you choose to keep Him hidden from your nativity scene in your home, how will you unveil Him as a way to celebrate His arrival? What will you do? Eddie said he and his family took time on Christmas Eve to bring Him out of hiding and into the center of the nativity scene. What will you do that will be symbolic and meaningful? So think about it for a moment. What does God want for Christmas? You ever thought about that? What does God want for Christmas? What do you get for God who quite literally has everything? I mean, right? If the ideal of Advent is arrival... There's a sort of supposition that there must be a giver and a receiver, right? If, if Advent means arrival, and then we think of someone giving and someone receiving. That's our thought. There are people who have an empty space in their nativity. Maybe they lost a piece or maybe it was broken because someone treated it carelessly. Perhaps... What God wants from us this Christmas is for us to help fill in those empty spaces. Maybe we need to bring Jesus to those around us this year. How do we do that? Maybe you could shovel a walk. Sounds like we're getting snow next weekend. Maybe you could go out and volunteer to shovel someone's walk. Maybe go Christmas caroling. Bring joy to someone's house just by singing a few happy songs. Or maybe just extend the invitation to someone to church and ask someone, hey, come to church with me this Sunday. In that moment, in that very moment, 
when you take cookies to the door or make the homemade Christmas card or even wish someone Merry Christmas to that person who took the last can of red sprinkles. In that moment, we have found the baby Jesus. God is holding out the perfect gift. He's smiling. We have received. Now we get to share. What are you going to do this Christmas? Let's pray.